A Theater in the Dark presents A Matter of Red Herrings by Greg Garrison. The cast includes Corey Bradbury, Laura Michelle Earl, Greg Garrison, Christopher Meister, Julian Jules Stroop, and Amy Gorillo as Detective Stainless Steel. The show's original music is composed and performed by Paul Sotnik and is produced and directed by Corey Bradbury. And so the daring duo make their way across town to get their missing answers at the Red Baroness, the best nightclub Prohibition never heard of. Steele begins to piece the puzzle together using Rod's black book, while Watley struggles to get comfortable in the passenger seat of Chapter 4. Speak easy and carry a big stick. Christ alive! Did the Marines land here? This car is atrocious! Her name is Mae West. And I've done quite a few stakeouts in this baby. Coffee cups, newspapers. Am I am I sitting on a fishing pole? Got me off the hook once. Now let's go over that list one more time. Okay. First up, Vincent Falcone. Oh, a man as hospitable as H.H. Holmes, and we're looking to room with him. Which horse is his? Jersey Driver. Jersey Driver. Rod Wrongs is 23 Skidoo. Armand Valdo backing Hapcat. Then there's Ponzi, backed by a Mr. Action. Wait, his name is Mr. Action? What, was Mr. E already taken? Then last but not least is Plot Device, backed by, hey, Zip Lither. Really? I've always wanted his autograph. Maybe I'll get the chance? Still, this is way too complicated. I'm not sure I can remember all this. Neither will a casual audience. But the funny thing about facts is facts never change. You can scratch your head trying to remember all this, but what's interesting and what we're focusing on are the details. Vesper's the only person in town who hears enough to answer these questions. Do you think she will? Oh, she'll talk. It's getting her to shut up that's the real trick. Steele and Watley were suddenly thrust into a royal of revelry. Dandy boys and cigarette girls swirled like cigar smoke around the knee-high stage where eager listeners had gathered for tonight's performance. In a dank green dressing room backstage, however, Steele knew a diamond glistened in the rough. Oh, Vesper kind. 32 looks to kill, and much like the door to her dressing room, swung both ways. One reason I trusted Watley was that he and the Titanic had one thing in common— They were the only two things I was certain she'd never been down on. Too soon? Now, back in the day, Vesper was the best ear in town. But in order to lend it, she was certain to twist mine. The Queen of Diamonds never claimed to have a heart. Well, 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 look what the track dragged in. Am I that transparent? Just that two-dimensional. It's obvious when you're pretending to be on my side. Now, what do you want? I had a crossword with the wrong brothers, and we left before they filled in the boxes. Any word from the grapevine? I'm an almost taken woman, Stainless. My ear doesn't get around as much as it used to. Being attached to the rest of you, I find that hard to believe. Sorry, Stainless. Swapping secrets means paying lip service when it's due. Must be tough deciding which pair of lips to gloss. You came into my life. Both of you need to stop. You two can dig at each other like 49ers all night, but we're going to wind up six feet under if this race goes wrong. Vesper, the records we got can paint you a picture, and if you can't color by numbers, it's going to be black and white until Valcone puts red all over. Will you help us? My, my. I didn't think much of him at first, but this one's got some air in his tires. 
I uh, may have some crayons laying around, but I'll only help under one condition. Finally, we're getting somewhere. What? You need to leave. What? You need to leave. I'll say everything I need to good old Watley here, so long as I don't have to deal with you. What? Fine. Don't worry about getting in over your head here, Watley. This part's still in the shallow end. There's that third dimension. Depth? Ego. Let the door hit you on the way out, that way you'll know which pair of cheeks to powder. Don't you two pair of cheeks of powder. Looks like our menace a trois has slimmed down to just the two of us, Sherry. Whatever will we do. You dog, aren't you afraid you're barking up the wrong tree? I'm not chasing your tail, but I do have a bone to pick. How'd you get mixed up in this, Vesper? Asking a lot of the same questions you have, I imagine. Who is Mr. Action? What does Zip Lighter have at stake? Uh, but that's what daylight is for. I suggest you make good use of it. The sun is overrated. I prefer hunting by moonlight. Tell me what you've seen, Little Red. I'm not sure what's more alarming, Mr. Holm. The fact that you are so transparently playing the interrogative seduction card. Or that it's working. Despite your fly being down. Oh, shoot! That keeps happening! Here, let me get that. Now, what did you want to talk about? Hands where I can see them. Oh, yes, sir. What's next, Roll over. I was thinking, speak. The stakes are as high as my life savings, but half these horses don't stand a chance, and the other half are backed by aliases. You can't focus on specifics if you don't have them, darling. Forget the horses, look at the bets. 2K, $2,000 was the buying price for most entries, but my semi-betrothed Armand is here on the list with RH. Red herring. Sure, but look at Rod's bet. What the hell is FT? Well, that I can't tell you. But what you're missing is that they didn't get it legally. The wrong brothers are, aside from many dirty words, professional smugglers. They're too broke to match with cash. But if they stole something that matches the wager, it'd be so hot they'd be happy to lose it. Worst case scenario, they win everything else, cash included. That? Okay. That's wonderfully illuminating, but that clashes with Valcone's bet. The richest crime boss in town next to Capone, and he's wagering a big fat whopping zero? Uh, you think the wager has no value. My thinking is that it's priceless. One guess is that he's calling in debts with everyone involved, but my Armand would have no trouble paying up. Perhaps it's a gentleman's race between them. <laughs> now you're raising my suspicion. A gentleman's race would be hands-off, but Armand sent us to sniff around. Knowing the players involved, we're all but certain some cheating has taken place. But I'll be damned if I can think of a way to cheat in a horse race. Well, there's always steroids. The adrenaline juice? I thought that was a fairy tale. <laughs> and responsible for more than one Cinderella story. But they never get away with something like that. It wouldn't take a detective to notice the symptoms. A short temper, shriveled testicles, and a predilection for grinding your teeth. Short temper? Shriveled, shriveled testicles? testicles. Wilhelm! Wilhelm! That's uh, better than proof! That's user endorsement! How do we go about getting the wrong brothers exposed? I'll do something that overt and they'll just skip town. No, no, you'll have to be clever. No doubt Stainless has some convoluted card up her sleeve. Uh, Vesper, you're on in two minutes. Oh, thanks, Sam. Same thing from earlier, just play it again. Yep, yep. That's my cue. Hopefully I made your case a little clearer. You might just add to my caseload. You're sure to steal the show. How are you possibly in training? Must be a natural, but I'll write the book on it. Au revoir, Sherry. Toodaloo.
All right, five aces, read them and weep. Oh, Wadley! Deal me out, boys. Looks like Kitty didn't claw your eyes out. Tote, what's the word? Steroids. I can't believe I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, well, what can we do about it? The only thing you can do when the chips are down, raise the stakes. We'll have to bluff a little, and fast, so get a drink while you can. The stable should be open by dawn. Sun's up, last call. Speak of the devil. You can't be serious. When do we have time to sleep? When the case has been put to bed. But we've got just enough time for... Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Vespakind. This? I have a hard time imagining you getting excited to see your ex-wife. In person, sure, she's a hornet's nest with lipstick. On stage, though, I actually get to see her smile. A beautiful woman with nothing but her looks, an apartment she can't afford, and men. A parade of puppets she strings along to make ends meet. She catches tears in a broken wine glass, drawing blood on the jagged edge. A woman so fragile, even her tears can bleed. The only time she feels alive is when she's on the stage with a man who can read her music, quaking aching fingers over smooth ivory, caressing her keys in just the right rhythm. I've heard enough. Time to go. Sure thing, Steele. I'll, um, be right... But it's not the haunting melody of the one she loved. Where will I see those cold steel eyes in the throngs of these leaderless men? When will we share those passionate looks among the smoky silhouettes and minuets around the stage? There is but one gem glinting in this world of such dark and troubled minds. The hope of seeing the one I loved. Someday she'll come along, the one I love. And she'll be big and strong, the one I love. And when she comes my way, I'll do my best to make her stay. Right behind you, boss. Thank you for listening to A Theater in the Dark's A Matter of Red Herrings. Written by Greg Garrison and directed by Corey Bradbury. Tonight's cast... Amy Gorlo as Detective Stainless Steel, Julian Jules Stroop as Detective in Training, Watley Home, Laura Michelle Earle as Vesperkind, Drake, Newsy, and others, Christopher Meister as Vincent Falcone, Armand Valdo, race announcer, Newsy, and others, Corey Bradbury as Rod Wrong, and Greg Garrison as Wilhelm Wrong and the narrator. Original music composed and performed by Paul Sotnik. Corey Bradbury and Greg Garrison contributed to the sound design. A Theater in the Dark creates stories through sound, proudly established in Chicago. Hear our other original audio plays at atheaterinthedark.com or join our Patreon to gain access to our entire growing original audio play library. Thank you for supporting A Theater in the Dark.